Welcome back. I'm Zanati Kuma and you're watching Stockwatch this week and joining us for a review of the week's stock performances and answers to your stock-related questions is FNB Wealth and Investments' is Chantal Marks. Uh, send your questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time, Chantal. It's been quite interesting to witness the, the, the movements, particularly on the currency scene, because... You look at the downgrade that the U.S. got from Fitch and you would expect that the dollar would weaken. But instead, we have uh, borne the brunt of we bore the brunt of the fears out there in the markets. So I just want to know from you what you make of the risk of sentiment, but also the, the strength of the dollar right now. Um, so first things first, I think that the market was looking for something to be upset about yeah. because this downgrade, I think, is is very backward looking. Yeah. Um, I mean, it comes 12 years after S&P uh, global ratings did the exact same thing. So nothing new really around the credit worthiness of the U.S., so I think this risk of sentiment has actually resulted in a flight to safety, regardless of the reason why the risk of sentiment was triggered uh, being that downgrade of, of U.S. credit. So the flight to safety typically goes towards um, the U.S. currency, um, areas like gold. But I think the first thing investors do is they get everything into dollars. So demand for dollars increased and as a result, everything else weakened. Mm, all right. Yeah, very, very interesting. The rand right now at 18 rand 73. Uh, yeah, I didn't think that we'd be knocking uh, on that 19 rand level anytime soon. Well, let's get straight into the viewer questions. Uh, let me start off with, uh, yeah, since we're talking about America. Um, my question is on American Express. It's trading at 16 times earnings, two times sales, good revenue and earnings growth, pays a dividend that is well covered by earnings that is growing. Would you buy it instead of a company like Visa, uh, where the valuation seems rich, but it is, after all, recession proof? Do you look at those stocks, Chantal? <laughs> Yeah, so so we cover Visa and MasterCard specifically. Um, and one of the reasons we don't cover American Express is because it is so specialized. So it doesn't have a very large international exposure relative to the likes of a Visa and MasterCard. And I think that that is probably where... Um, why it is trading at a cheaper multiple than those two companies. So for Visa specifically, they're just the market leader in terms of cross-border transactions and payment technology. So we are still um, weigh weighted heavily towards Visa in terms of our preference relative to the other two. Ah, all right. Well, quite an interesting uh, question here. Um, as much as we do get um, questions from experts, I also do like uh, the questions from beginners, people that are interested in starting uh, to invest. Uh, so um, the viewer says, I enjoy watching your TV show from Zimbabwe. Uh, so is it possible for me to start trading the stocks that you analyze on the TV show here from Zimbabwe? If so, hope you provide the required information so that I can make use of the information you release on TV. Any tips there, Chantal? So I am actually not sure at all um, yeah. because I don't have an offshore broking account. So I've never gone through the process of opening a broking account elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but perhaps the first step would be to look up 
reputable Zimbabwean stockbrokers, or alternatively, contact a South African stockbroker and find out if you will be able to open an account. I know at FNB Stockbroking and Portfolio Manager Management, we do have some um, investors who are offshore but who trade local stocks through through our platform. So perhaps that's a, a first port of call, making ah. a phone call. Uh, okay, all right. Well, uh, since we're on uh, this uh, train of beginners, um, we actually did have an interesting question out yesterday uh, from a viewer who has a son, a 25-year-old son that has 30,000 rand uh, to invest. Uh, and the uh, viewer specifically asked if, you know, if uh, they could invest in AECI, AVI and Sibanye. But I just want to know, just, you know, taking those out, uh, those specific stocks, 25-year-old, you have 30,000 rand. Where do you start? Because I would imagine that you also don't want any stocks um, that will uh, cause you uh, a significant amount of nerves um, and fear. So where do you start? So I think as a, as a beginner investor, the best place to start is to look at exchange-traded funds. So the nice thing about an exchange-traded fund is it's, it's very liquid, it's tradable, you can see the, the price every single day, but it's a basket of shares. So because you have that basket of shares, it's already quite well diversified and you're not too exposed to any one specific company, sector um, or theme. So if you want to keep your money in South Africa and have South African exposure, I would look at a, um, a local ETF like a top 40 ETF, perhaps complemented by something like the JSE Midcap ETF, because that would give you really nice wide coverage. You'll be invested in the market, but you won't have the strain of having to look through and dig through individual company results yet. Um, what I see often happens is investors start off with ETFs and then they find something that they really like, they add that on, mm. they get more comfortable with investing in companies directly and then it becomes a thing. And eventually you basically don't have ETFs unless you want to express a view on a specific theme or you want maybe some offshore exposure but in a locally listed instrument. Um, but they, they really start enjoying the stock market, getting comfortable with analyzing financial statements and the way that companies uh, work. And um, it's just a really nice starting point without all the additional stress, but it makes you look at the market and uh, learn about the market a little bit more. Uh, very, very interesting there and uh, quite an important tip there on the journey to becoming a stock picker. Uh, there's a question here. Um, I have a few stocks on my watch list. Could you please uh, ask Chantal to pick two stocks out of the list to buy? So this is quite a long list. Um, okay. It starts off with African Rainbow Capital, which I know you like. Um, and then there's MTN, mm. there's Sibanye, Netcare, African Rainbow Minerals. Astral Foods and Nike. So just to uh, repeat that again, African Rainbow Capital, African Rainbow Minerals, MTN, Sibanya Stillwater, Netcare, Astral Foods, Nike. Two out of those. Okay, so uh, we really like Nike at the moment. Um, it's a company that we've looked at a little bit more closely more recently. Um, after results, the, the share price came under a bit of pressure, but we think that if, if you're going to be a long-term investor, um, you want to be invested in the best in the business, right? And Nike in terms of 
uh, athletic footwear and apparel um, is by far the best in the business. They still have a, a growing business in the Chinese market. Um, and I think that they can make further inroads there from a, a brand presence and strength perspective. So that growth vector is also there for, for Nike. Um, and it's just so interesting how social media has completely changed the way that people um, buy things like like shoes yeah. um it's it's really it, it's become a, a, a monster on it in its own right um so nike is definitely up there for me in that list um and then it's a difficult one i think um african rainbow capital is still a company that i really like um, i like the investment philosophy um i really think that the the underlying businesses are super interesting um time bank in particular not necessarily around what they're doing in south africa but what they're doing in southeast Asia stands out to me. Um, and then with Rain, I think that there is there's further legs there as well. The company also trades at a very deep discount to its intrinsic value. Um, it's not the most exciting business, but um, I think it's a it's a really solid one and uh, current levels look pretty decent to me. Mm. I mean, out of those, for me, what was quite interesting, and I knew you wouldn't pick it, is Astral Foods. Um, <laughs> 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 the chicken business is going through the most, Chantal. Um, I even I... had... yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't sleep. Yeah, I wouldn't sleep owning that stock. Um, I think there are times when it's a good trading stock okay, because yeah. when grain prices go down mm. um, and economic growth is pretty decent, that kind of combination results in them being able to push through nice selling price increases while their input costs come down. Yeah. But the opposite is true right now. Grain prices are under upward pressure or have, have upward pressure mm. and the macroeconomic conditions at the moment don't allow them to really push through big price increases. So margins are getting squeezed and they're just making losses. So it's more trading stock. It's it's not something that I can um like yeah. I can buy and never look at again. It's something I'll have to look at every single day. I won't sleep. And you know what? Uh, we, we just had, uh, Nolotando and I had uh, an interview um, uh, on, on chicken prices and the, the anti-dumping duties that have been, uh, the tariffs that have been uh, reinstated after suspension. Um, because obviously local uh, chicken producers also are trying to, uh, you know, protect themselves from the cheaper chicken imports. And you really just wonder how much more pain this industry can take. And I mean, just, you know, on top of, do you think that, you know, as much as we have this um, issue of elevated costs, is it also just a problem of more fundamental issues uh, when you look at the local chicken producers? So, so I do think that the, the local chicken industry isn't competitive the way that it's structured right now. Mm. Um, the, the players aren't really competitive. And what I mean by competitive is actually internationally competitive. Yeah. So there's a reason they have to be protected by government, right? Because they can't produce chickens at the price that um, Brazilian importers or dumpers, um, for lack of a better word, produce chickens for. Yeah. So there needs to be, they, they, they probably need to relook at their, their model. Um, because I think that the, the current state of affairs is, is just impossible to continue. Like, it's just impossible to continue in the way that they've been continuing. Um, 
add to that the impact of um, crumbling municipal infrastructure in the areas where they're actually farming these chickens, um, load shedding having been such a big um, headache for them. Um, the, it, it's impossible to also predict whether or not you're going to get sick, sicknesses or illnesses in your, um, among your chickens. So it's, a, it's an exceptionally difficult industry to be in. And I think that there, there's, a, there's a, a case to be made for having a big think around how this industry can be more competitive because there's a market for it in South Africa. There's a market for what they're producing um, around South Africa as well. And yeah. um, it's just a matter of finding a way to produce it more efficiently yeah, yeah. and probably with less volatility. Yeah. I'll talk about headaches, maybe not much of a headache as Astral Foods, but MTN um, has gone through quite a headache, I think, over the last past two days. It's up now slightly today. Um, and I'm wondering if, you know, if there's anything significant for this pressure or it's just part of the volatility of MTN and also if this would be a, go a good opportunity for someone to get into the stock? So um, MTN's biggest issue is that it is so big and it is in so many markets yeah. that when you get any sniff of geopolitical risk in any one of those markets that they're operating in, the share price tends to come under pressure. We know that MTN has faced serious issues in some of the jurisdictions in which it operates. Um, I mean, they're now out of the Middle East, which I think is a, is a really good thing for them, but they're still exposed to um, places like Nigeria where they face that, that massive fine. Um, they're competing with some re-registrations in a jurisdiction like Ghana. Um, and these these types of things do have an impact, and they definitely have an impact on sentiment around MTN. Um, MTN's trading statement a couple of days ago also wasn't great. I mean, if you take if you take one-offs out, it was it looked a little bit better, but it wasn't it wasn't um, an excellent trading statement. Um, and I think that it's just. It's just nerves around MTN always kind of hovering at the back of investors' minds because what have, what has happened in the past. Um, personally, I think that MTN has done a lot to um, limit its exposure to to some of these issues. Um, one of the biggest things that they've done is they've actually listed most of these um, these subs, so the the smaller kind of in-country businesses they've actually listed on local exchanges, which means that there's now local ownership. Um, and it's it's a lot more. There's a lot more skin in the game, I think, mm. for people local to the businesses, um, to the to the to the areas in which um, MTN operates. That will help. And then they've also done a lot in terms of um, right sizing their cost base, um, separating their fintech business and towers businesses, and and making make and preparing those businesses for potentially operating separately from MTN in the future. So, um, yeah, I mean, I quite like it still, but you're going to be in for a pretty bumpy ride with MTN. Mm. Uh, talking about bumpy ride, um, Mondi yesterday was down about 3%. I see now today uh, it's up more than 3%. I know that you do like the stock, uh, but do you think that the market yeah. is valuing this stock correctly? So I think the market is pricing in a major geopolitical risk because it's still exposed to, to, to Russia. Um, it also hasn't been a favorable pricing environment for the, the 
kind of paper side of the business um and they've seen that they they've seen their their clients actually previously having stocked up on on material um now going through a period of destocking because prices are falling so they're thinking well we do have excess inventory we may as well get rid of this first because we're probably going to be able to buy these products at lower prices um in future so it's a bit of a lull for them from that perspective as well which coupled with the fact that they're still exposed to russia i think is just weighing heavily on investor sentiment. Um, that said, this is a, a very well-managed company. Um, it has really good growth potential. It operates in uh, really good markets outside of, of Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's exposed to some exciting areas of growth. Um, it's just a matter of kind of holding on through this period that we're in currently or perhaps picking your level where you want to get involved or where you feel comfortable getting involved because i think that this is an excellent company to hold for the long term ah, all right well uh, let's get to your stock pick for today chantal what will it be i was i did not know what to pick today because <laughs> i actually have a few options up yeah. my sleeve okay um but yeah, it ended up being between um, two South African companies in the mid-cap space because, you know, I love the mid-cap mm-hmm. space. So I was looking closely at Raubix, but I settled on the, the what I used to call the most boring stock on the JSE, Roynet. Okay. So that's RLO share code. So this company is very exposed to um, renewable energy, specifically in South Africa, um, and generally the electrification kind of theme that is playing out globally. Um, they trade on a five times um, forward PE, so it doesn't look expensive at all. And they also offer a pretty decent dividend yield because the business is highly cash generative. So um, a really nice one in that in that mid cap space um, and exposed to some some super exciting themes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your analysis today, Chantal. Appreciate it. That was Chantal Marks from FNB Wealth and Investments.